So I found some uh, crucial safety advice that I think we should all all check out. Let's have a look. <laughs> you couldn't get a better CGI. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one what? has hit. Okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this. You've got this. When I originally saw that, I was very skeptical. But now looking back, I've realized this is one of the best marketing gimmicks I've ever seen. I know. Nuclear war is coming. Subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I thought. I better subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. What do you make of it? Um, Fundamentally well-intentioned. Okay. Um, Because at the end of the day, if you're telling people how to potentially survive a nuclear attack, you know, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with it. Yeah. But... um, uh, execution I think could have been improved <laughs> upon like um, smiling happy face a bit of rubble have you seen the bit of rubble at the beginning it's like no that's not what a nuclear bomb would do to yeah. a city like New York if very it was clear on green it. screen yeah which uh, is maybe realistic because there'll be no actual yeah. there'll be no, <laughs> no building no building <laughs> I mean also get inside yes I mean it is correct information you should because um you know radioactive dust mm-hmm. but at the same time if you're within the blast zone you'll be your whole building will be leveled upon you yeah um so i suppose the the information is only valuable for people outside the blast zone mm-hmm. um and then obviously get inside stay inside well what if i need food or water which happens pretty quickly by the way yeah we drink about you know two liters a day mm. so what get inside stay inside for a day okay <laughs> and then go find water oh the water tap doesn't work Oh, because I didn't prepare for it. Oh, okay. So actually, th- this emergency preparation would only last people 24 hours. And then follow the media. Oh, follow the authorities. Oh, which authorities would those be? Mm. Oh, yes, the authorities that got you into the situation of having a nuclear bomb dropped on your head in the first mm. place. Yes, mm. follow them. Okay, well, I mean, maybe, the, uh, you know, until the until the authorities tell you to go outside. That's true. You should follow what the authorities say. Yeah. But um, at the same time, you know, Fallout from radioactive nuclear waste is is. I think they've got quite a few views from this, so they may be able to fund a bigger research t- team to <laughs> to give us more tips as time goes on. Because I'm not sure get inside and stay inside took them that long to conjure up. Um, I think if there's going to be advice, it should be a bit more thorough, a bit more useful than that. Because these are things which probably you'd do anyway. You wouldn't be like, well, I'm just going to have a picnic. Well, no, I think people do uh, aren't aware of the fact that when nuclear fallout occurs, you need, to, you, you know, you you might have radioactive dust upon you, especially our generation. I mean, previous mm. generation, they'll know. 
You have to tape up the windows and stuff, don't you? Yeah, you, you can't let air get in and you basically have to live indoors hmm. and away from the windows. So they're right in all counts, but you can't live indoors in, indefinitely if you don't have provisions. Yeah. She's beginning with it with... Um, don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit, okay? It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, I'd like to know why. Well, that's a good point. How? Is, I mean, I suppose a missile, <laughs> you know. Yes, there's a sense of inevitability in, in actually in our society that like wars are inevitable. Like, oh, well, you know, a massive conflict with Russia just has to happen. A conflict with China has to happen. It's like, well, it's not ine inevitable. If maybe if we act in a different way, we can avoid these calamities. Mm. And in fact, we did in, in many respects. The world did turn back and it's through dialogue and through genuinely seeing the other side. I mean, like, you know, Ronald Reagan, say what you want. And it wasn't just him, but him and Gorbachev actually did properly meet and they both came together and they actually mm. started making progress. Yeah. And Russia was a country which in reality was a genuinely different world to ours in the West in the sense of it actually lived under a different ideology, very destructive ideology. They had committed unbelievable atrocities to their own people. Um, they others. were anti-religion. Yeah. And to others. Like there was, there was such a greater difference between us and, for instance, modern day Russia and China. So uh, there were Soviet Russia. There was a greater difference between us and Soviet Russia. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, between us and Soviet Russia compared to us, us and versus today. modern day Russia yeah, yeah, and yeah. China. Yeah. Um. So it's surprising, and perhaps um, you know, quite telling, that today it's almost it almost seems like peace is less likely to happen because of the quality of the leadership. Yeah. And the, the amount of hatred, demonization, um, and misinformation that people That's take what I find, find macabre about this uh, video because, you know, it's kind of starting with the topic of a nuclear bomb has hit. Yeah. Don't ask why or how. <laughs> I mean, surely it would be more productive perhaps to make videos or to take actions which would decrease the likelihood of a nuclear bomb falling on your head. Yeah. Don't take the nuclear bomb falling on your head as a given. Try and change the world. Try and do things which might, you know, change the trajectory of the world. And instead, all of the media, which she lords as the, the sources of information and the means by which people will be able to stay mm. safe after a nuclear bomb, um, that media is cheerleading on a war, mm. you know, at full, you know, full guns blazes, a war in between Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. And that media is holding the government to account, not by saying, why are you sending arms to an active war zone? You know, mm. the Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, this was one of his points in the pathway to peace. He laid out a step-by-step uh, -step plan, step-by-step -step policies, which governments should enact if they want to avoid nuclear war. And one yeah. of them was, do not send arms to places under active conflict. Mm. And the UK, the US, Europe just threw that out the window, okay? Mm -hmm. Decided to just send arms to an active active conflict. Mm. And instead of holding them to account, the media is cheerleading it, saying, why aren't you sending more? Mm. We should send more. Yeah. We should we should have further war. We should have further death and destruction. Yeah, it's like a race to the bottom. Yeah, that's very, very tragic. And, you know, I, I guess in one way, you can't really blame this channel per se, Emergency NYC. They're not going to do videos on the politics. I know. But at the same We're time... We're not blaming them. I mean, it's, no, a, but it's, it's a good it's, it's endeavor in a sense. That, you know, there's no... It's not like this is one video in a wider milieu of the media talking about how we can turn back from, from war. Yeah. You know, there, is, there isn't that. There isn't. There's just, we need to go harder and further and faster. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, unfortunately, we're heading towards a time when we may, God forbid, pay the price for that. Um, so it's, uh, it's tragic that this is the, and that this is the kind of advice that you get, Yeah, you know, well, the, the nuclear wars are something of an inevitability. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it does feel like we've lost, and obviously we, our generation never experienced that in the cold war, but the, our parents' generation did, 
that kind of genuine real fear of war and 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 an, and an understanding of the gravity of what nuclear war is well world war I 2 was still within living memory right, know, 50 years total ago total war was yeah total war and there was that fear of nuclear of nuclear war but i think i guess as time goes on if something doesn't happen it's a great it's a great fallacy which i see in so many so many as, um, arenas now if you think something hasn't happened before you think it won't happen again yeah um, it's like COVID. No one thought it was really going to have like a worldwide pandemic like we did with the Spanish flu. And then it happened. Hmm. Uh, it's like with economics, people are thinking, well, if we have a recession, it's going to be small and then you rebound. Yeah, like, like well, 2008, wasn't it? I wasn't yeah, affected that, that was badly. Great, yeah. Oh, the house prices went down. I got a good mortgage actually out of the end of it. I've yeah. had that. Which was, which was, A, it was terrible for people who are not like that. But exactly. also, it's, there's also been the Great Depression before. And there's all that, you know, just because we haven't experienced total economic collapse doesn't mean it can't happen. I think of it like a, a person, like an organism. If you think of an organism, it has a life cycle and it has a lifespan. And it, the cha- rate of change is incremental, but it does add up. Mm. So a, a physiological insult, a cold, mm. you know, at 30, well, you barely feel it. At yeah. 50, you probably barely feel it, maybe a few more days. Uh, at 60, you might feel it more. But by the time you get to 70, 80, something which, you know, might have, you might have just shrugged off in the past that insult, that same insult, suddenly can become devastating to you and can actually lead you to even die. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, you I go see, viral illness. Seen, and I, I saw that only recently in hospital. I had a patient who, you know, fell off his motorbike, mm. uh, splenic laceration and, uh, you know, pulmonary contusions and all kinds of issues. And he was just completely with it, completely fine, sitting in his bed, yeah. you know, and, you know, he was not affected by it yeah. in the sense of long-term harm. And he was up and mobilizing within 24 hours. Yeah. And then the person opposite him was an old man who'd just fallen out of bed and broken his hip and was completely immobile. Right. You know, so I, I said that to him. I said, you know, it's all very well. You're young and hip now, but at the end of the day, you're going to get old. And as you get older, you're going to have more of these insult- insults and it's going to be too much for your body to bear. So the same shock in a, in a, in a more senile uh, environment or a more, to a more senile organism is going to ca- can collapse it. So if so I bring that so- back to this, what's well, that I mean, got to do with this? It's it's something which well I, I'm just talking about there the fallacy of it hasn't killed me before therefore it won't kill me again mm, the see. fallacy of um, because this hasn't been an issue yet it's not going to be an issue yeah you know, cancer is only an issue when you're old and cancerous you know it's yeah. not gonna things things can change and things can happen and you can't base your projections of the future based on the past or even on, especially on the on the recent past yeah you need to actually what, consider what the dangers are and what we have now um, is a situation where we haven't had a total war in Europe for a very long time. And where we've already come out of uh, a nuclear risk z- uh, time period, and therefore people assume, well, it'll never happen now because it never happened in the past. Yeah, I it's know. Like, no, no, it could still happen. In fact, it's more likely to happen now because people are not because guarding people are against it. Yeah. And I think the issue actually is more fundamental than uh, a civilizational one or a or a cultural issue or a it's much deeper or an economic issue or a political issue, etc. It's a moral and a spiritual issue, mm. and. And people, because they've neglected their moral and spiritual aspects of themselves, mm. um, the natural consequence of lack of spirituality is a degeneration of morality because, mm. you know, morality is dependent ultimately upon accountability because we are, as human beings, require accountability to maintain um, a moral standards mm. over time. Um, and when you let that slip with a loss of a belief in God, you get a loss of moral standards. Consequence of a loss of moral standards is a loss in the quality of the people's moral character. In a democracy that manifests with the loss of the morality of the leaders that we accept and the leaders that we want. And then when you get evil leadership or leadership that is immoral, corruptible, um, and are self-serving, what do you get? 
you then get them behaving in ways on the international stage as they behave in their personal life. Yeah. And then those individual nations behaving in those particular manner, in that manner, mm. results in the formation of selfish blocks, results in, um, you know, conflict between nations. Mm. That's exactly what's happened, basically. That's mm. exactly what's happened to a T. So how can we turn back from that? I think the only way we can do so is to recognize the person whom God has sent into the world, which is Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, to bring the world back towards a belief in God. Mm-hmm. And he did that not through um, conjecture, but by throwing su- by, by demonstrating signs that God still exists, prophecies, mm-hmm. um, fulfillment of prayer. And he said that if you undertake this particular path in your spiritual life, then God himself will show you his signs of his existence personally. Yeah. And when you become convinced of God's existence, then you become convinced of the existence of a being who will hold you to account. Mm. And that is the only moral restraint. Mm. You know, this notion that people, human beings, can live without a belief in God as an accountable force mm. is uh, immature, I think, and naive. Mm. Um, and consequently, when you lose that uh, moral restraint um, and the societal systems of accountability break down as well due to civil unrest or policies or war or whatever, mm. um, the consequences you have individuals who do not feel that they are accountable to anybody. Yeah. Right? And you often have that at the leadership level. Yeah, I mean, at the Calf of the African Muslim Community, many years ago now, actually, I uh, released, uh, I think it was 11 Steps, which he, which he you know, from yeah. his talks. Um, one of the key ones was, you know, belief in God, and the others were more moral steps. Mm. Because you can technically do those actions, it's just a question of, do you have the motivation to? Yeah. Without the motivation to, most people don't, as we see. Yeah. Um, but even regardless of that, they should, the world leaders should do their best to actually turn back from war. But as you say, they are they're, they're too corrupted. Unfortunately, they just they think they think it will never happen, and their motivation is to kind of keep their poll numbers up and to make sure that they don't uh, say anything against the grain in political circles. Yeah, the sad thing is, is that if you look at the world as a whole, and you look at the the, the people in poorer parts of the world, mm. you know they they vastly outnumber the people in what Putin called recently the golden billion. You know the idea <laughs> yeah. of the the top strata of humanity who live, you know, in the West, in Europe, in the United States, Canada, etc. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad and it's a reality that the people of the West uh, as a whole, the nations, um, we accept the poverty in the world. Mm. We're actually okay with it. Yeah. Uh, as long as we're not poor. Yeah. Right. And as long as we don't get dragged into that, you know, problem, um, we don't mind the system we're in and we mm. don't mind the leaders that really perpetuate the system we're in. Mm. Um, and that might be a part of apathy. It might be a lack of compassion. It might be just a lack of knowledge of how to, how to change the system. Yeah. Um, and certainly individuals can't, but that's somewhat belied by the fact that we have had leaders in recent memory. We're not a political show, so we're not going to go into it. But we've had leaders in recent memory who made their policy and the, the fundamental core of their policy was to take care of the poor in their own countries, domestically, mm. Mm. right? Uh, and to make them the focus of, <clears throat> of, of what the government should be about. Yeah. You know, let alone the people who are poor in other countries. At least the people in your own country. At yeah. least the homeless guy on your street. Yeah. Right? We've had people who ran for office in the UK, in the United States, and in other countries who made that the absolute number one priority. Mm. And it was put to the British electorate. It was put to the electorate of the United States. And they preferred other important priorities, other priorities that they thought were important. Mm. 
Whereas in the eyes of God, that is the most fundamental important priority. And people are manipulated, but it's also they are there are you can only be manipulated if you have that uh, weakness, that weakness. And also the people that are manipulating us in various ways, be they in intelligence communities, be they in uh, the media are also people. Yeah. Also people who come up in this in this society and they think they're doing good and you know yeah. so it reflects their values as well. Yeah. So at the end of the day there is there is a degree of accountability that that people share in a democratic society. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the leaders that come out and it's not a total it's certainly partial but it's yeah. there. It's yeah, real. Yeah, absolutely it's there. I mean, you know, now everybody's lambasting Boris Johnson, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> we voted for him as a nation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's you know, you can't, you, you, the people whole are, people are also accountable as a nation yeah. for their leaders. Mm. Um, and I think therefore the, the solution to all of this must be a spiritual and a moral it's one. It's a wider social thing. It's yeah. not ex leader needs to it's do this. It's not ex leader this or ex leader needs to change or oh, we, we need, need to, change to all the, change. Let's change the red party to the blue party or the blue party to the red party. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not going to do, do anything. You're, you're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, my friend. Mm. You know, um, and the Titanic that's shimping, it's sinking is the, is the moral and spiritual quality of the people. We know what they said before the Titanic uh, set off. They said not even God can sink this ship. <laughs> <laughs> Sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> May they rest in peace. <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me of uh, Hazrat Muhammad Zafrullah Khan, what you just said. It reminds me of Hazrat Muhammad Zafrullah Khan, the companion of the Promised Messiah, who's also the president of the General Assembly of the UN 17th session and uh, president of the International Court of Justice. The only individual in world history to hold both positions. Mm. Um, and, you know, when he, that was conveyed to him that that was what was being said at the launching of the Titanic. Yeah, his response was, famously, um, there is no way the ship cannot sink now. Because, really? Because, I didn't know that. Didn't you know that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said there is no way that this ship will come oh. back in one piece. Because it's a, it's a challenge to God. Yeah. You can't challenge God. Yeah. You know? That's awful. <laughs> it's just this... That's it's just Pascal's wager, isn't it? You know, <laughs> no, it's, just, no, no, it's not Pascal's wager. No, it's like the, it's like the opposite. Oh, oh, yeah, it's like yeah. you should at least take Pascal's wager, or at least not, you know, Pascal's wager. Yeah, yeah. But believe just in case God exists. You know, yeah, you know, you don't want to get up there and then you figure you were wrong. So just, just, just say you believe in God. Yeah, and nominally do it at least. Yeah. I mean, this is going the opposite of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? That just reminded me of that. But I think to some extent, um, that attitude that the Titanic set off with, and it's a good point to finish on, I guess. That attitude that the Titanic set off with is, as a person who's been born in the West, raised in the West, educated in the West, works in the West, everything in the West, mm. okay, that attitude infuses and suffuses every aspect of our culture. Mm. Every single aspect of our civilization and culture is that we are at the top of, the, of world history, we are the most advanced, we are the most culturally superior, we are the most technologically brilliant. There is no way our civilization can collapse. And we are the empire which will never fall. Mm. And uh, we should have taken a lesson from the fall of communism. Mm. And, you know, our, our, our civilization of the West is in fall. It's in eternal decline now. Yeah. Right. And we're about to witness potentially a horrifying end through a catastrophic nuclear fallout and destruction. Yeah. And the previous video we made on Gog and Magog you know, that's what it says in the prophecies. That's what the Bible says in its prophecy, mm. right? It says that Gog would be destroyed by Gog, God. We explained why that refers to communism. And then it says upon Magog and those who dwell carelessly in the isles, mm. God shall send a fire upon them. 
Yeah. You know, and we went through that whole prophecy in detail. And it's a very detailed prophecy, mm. um, which talks about that and shows that. So, But at least now we know to, to go inside. Oh, and, and stay inside. Oh, and stay inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and true. to follow Emergency NYC. Yeah. Yeah. Because YouTube channels will be running and the servers <laughs> will be there. And, you know, people will still be commenting and liking yeah. things. They won't be thinking to themselves, hmm, I don't Lol, this is bad. Hashtag World War Three. Yeah. Yeah. They won't be thinking, oh, well, actually, I've got no water. There's no water in my tap. Mm. There's no food. The windows are all blown out. Oh, there's a guy coming through the window with a shotgun. And, oh, oh, he's just shot my family. You know, none of that's going to happen. We're going to be texting and tweeting about things. Yeah. Very sad. Subscribe <laughs> to Rational Religion <laughs> for more World War Three updates. Hey, thanks for watching the video. My name is Razik, the editor of this channel. If you like this content, leave a like, comment, as we like to see the debates that get sparked. And make sure you're subscribed. And if you want to see more content like this, please check out these videos that are appearing next to me right now. Peace be upon you.